This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouse of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer in the Palacios, 680 The Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Mr. Josh Bagrianski. Well, I feel like I haven't seen him in quite a while. It's been a while, yeah. Where have you been? Well, there's nothing Why? to talk about, no, so don't I didn't give me really that. want to come Don't in. give well, me that. Well, last week was Thanksgiving. There's always something to talk about. I don't know. Always something to talk about. Always something, huh? Well, well, well. Well, what are we going to talk about tonight? I want to talk about you. Well, there's actually... Oh, okay. I want to, I want to catch up. This is... Taking a pleasant turn. Let's okay. uh, let's build a campfire and just uh, reminisce. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I uh, you know finishing up the club season for coaching man and um, with the with the family all last week. So you left, me, you left me alone with Sam. <laughs> I know, and that's the true I, crime here. I felt that's that the, that that is that is that is the true crime. No 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 doubt. My about phone it. back. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. I still have your phone, don't I? Well, excuse me. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> Anyways, Eric. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eric handed me his phone and I to show me something and I just kept it. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, but it's good to be back. I mean, it's it's. In, I mean, it seems like you know, last year we had that weird off season where there really wasn't one. I mean, we were back here the next week well, talking about PT Martinez. We this, were talking about that. We were talking about losing. Uh, 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 well, the Almiron rumors had started. You had traded Greg Garza away the day after MLS Cup. So I mean, last year with the short, this year it's different. I mean, there's a little bit of a lull actually. Also, as Tata there Martino be. and right, the, you, who the who the next hire right. is going to be when you made Tata Martino leave. Yeah, you know. Yeah, my fault. The usual. Um. Well, Atlanta United has uh, made a signing, and we'll talk about that. It's probably relatively old news uh, at this point, but we do want to talk about it. We have John, Lennon, John Lennon has been signed. John Lennon, that's John Lennon. right. Can you believe it? John Lennon, the man himself, wow. has been brought back from the grave and, and signed by Atlanta United. No. Brooks Lennon. Brooks Lennon. Not Aaron Lennon. Not John <laughs> Lennon. Has been signed by Atlanta United. Um, he is the lesser of those three Lennons, I would say. For $300,000 yeah. in Tamar game. Good, good business, yeah. Good business, in my, I'd say. We'll see. Yeah. We'll good, obviously, good depth. Um, I was uh, reading one of uh, Doug Robertson's articles with uh, he was talking about what what Atlanta United have and Brooks Lennon uh, specifically talking to um, Brian Dunsett from from mm-hmm. the from the yeah, commentary team on uh, on Real Salt Lake and saying that look he needed it's kind of like the it's the same conversation we have sort of with Tito where Tito he probably needs to go he probably needs a a, a new scene he needs a place where he's going to get solid playing time he's not going to be a victim of the formation or or the coaching staff or anything like that. Brooks Lennon is sort of in that same boat, according to uh, Brian Dunseth. It, it's it's sort of that same kind of mentality for him, where he's in, he's behind. He, he's he's maybe second off the bench yeah. at a specific position. Yeah, um, he's not the first guy off the bench. He's not even a starter. He's he's playing behind quite a number of good, talented soccer players, and um, specific, specifically at the position that he plays. And so he needs a change of scene. So Atlanta might fit well, considering he's as versatile as as. Um, as they say, he is. And uh, look, you never know what's going to happen with injury. We we got bit bit hard by the injury bug uh, in 2019, and so it would have been nice to have a guy like Brooks Lennon who's played oh, big time, who's played quite a number of games. He's not going to be someone that that's coming into Atlanta and and hasn't had a lot of experience. This is not like trying to sign a, a, a Brandon Vasquez who hasn't had a lot of playing. Although time. he's only 22 years old, so room to improve, but. 
an ex- yeah, he's not. But he's had he's had his he's had he's his fair share of playing time in MLS. He he's been able to contribute to to Real Salt Lake. He's, um, you know, he, he's not someone that's just going to be a fresh face to MLS. He's a uh, he, he's someone that you can throw in pretty much right away, um, should you need to to throw him in right away. And I think uh, and I think something you hit on earlier, Eric, was that I think there's a reason that this is the first signing because I think you you, you mentioned that the. The role he specifically plays is a role where Atlanta were very, very thin last year, where you basically were trotting Julian Gressel out there on that wingback position and just essentially running him into the ground. Yeah. Or you were, if you're playing a back four, then you're playing Escobar or Parkhurst over there. Uh, and you, obviously Frank DeBoer on record saying he doesn't really trust, trust Gressel in a back four. So you were thin in that position as well. So you were thin whether you went back four or back three you were thin on the right side of your defense, and this is a player that can play right back in the back four. He can play as more of a wing back in the back three. Uh, and and one thing it definitely shows you, I think, is tactically, once again, we see Frank DeBoer is an extremely attacking manager. When yeah. you think about the fullbacks that Frank DeBoer has signed, you know, starting with Breck Shea, going into last season thinking you were going to rely on, on Bello. Um, he wants him up the field. I mean, I think it's pretty clear, yeah. I think one thing that this, I think... Um, if you're going to read into something from the signing, is that I think tactically, uh, Frank DeBoer and Atlanta are definitely leaning into what he wanted to do uh, last season. And I think this definitely indicates this because it's a player that not just gives you depth, but like you said, Eric, he gives you depth in a very specific spot that happens in Frank DeBoer's system. Maybe not so much in others in terms of having an attacking fullback pretty much on the field at all times. That's why you go get Brooks Lennon because last year you were playing Escobar and through at center back in a back three and you had to try out Gressel week in week out and and it was amazing he got through the season without any sort of injury but I think Atlanta United rightfully so recognizing this is a position where we need where we need some depth and he can play on the left side if needed he's that versatile yeah absolutely uh, at least and he that's can, what's been and he can play on the him. right wing as well yeah. so I mean there's a lot I think of that's options where, that's here. where he'll prim- primarily be but I think he was also written that he's he's versatile enough to where he can. You can go to the other side if, if need be. Oh yeah, but he's um, yeah he's one. I mean he's he's played right back. He's played wing back. He's played yeah. kind of that right wing position. So I think he you know it, it, it's a it's a very good piece of business, and especially when you add in the fact that he's young, um, add some competition for Julian Gressel. I think it's a good piece of business. Um, Dunn says uh, telling Doug Robertson in the AJC he'll do well as a wing back. Um, his skill set will do well with Atlanta United and how it plays. Rather than what uh, what was going on with RSL, which is more of a grinder of a team, I think that if you look at his highlights, he's got a good bit of speed. He's almost like Franco Escobar in the sense that he can kind of run up the field rather quickly, um, and he's and he's kind of a mix of Escobar and Gressel in the sense that it looks like he can pick out a cross. Yeah, and so that'll be huge for for if you're looking to play some death behind or get some death behind uh, Gressel, so that you don't really miss that that crossing talent that that Gressel is. You don't miss the, uh, the his ability to kind of attack the attack up the field, especially in the final third. And if you want to throw him in for Escobar, boom, there you go. Yeah, you essentially have the you same have options. You, you essentially have the same thing you have uh, with Gressel, just uh, that's a uh, player that sits a little bit deeper. And you don't have to you don't have to f- sacrifice what Gressel gives you attacking to drop Gressel into a into a right fullback type of role. Should Escobar or whatever the situation may be, where you're looking at. The conversation about putting Gressel at right back is no longer relevant because you've got right. someone at depth that can already fill and that role. And we talked about last year how it was kind of a dumb conversation we were having because you just didn't have another right back on right. the roster. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's nice to see, I think, that Land United have kind of admitted the error of their ways last season, not having enough depth in that position. And not only are they getting a player that can play in that spot at right back, but it's also a player that fits 
exactly what Frank DeBoer wants to do. And I think tells you that tactically, you're going to see more of the same this season for Milan United. Three goals, 10 assists, and 86 total appearances in the regular, scene, or regular season. Um, so, uh, I mean, he, he's with the Liverpool Youth Academy before being acquired by Real Salt Lake. So it, it's, you know, this guy's, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a fresh face to soccer or anything like that. He's, he's not a guy that's, I think he wants to come out and play. I think that he 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 makes a move like this. He he wants a move like this to happen so that he can actually see the field uh, again. The same conversation we've had with Tito. Tito, I'm sure, wants to see the field, but he's never going to do it under Frank DeBoer in this system unless something incredibly drastic happens. And I don't, but I don't even know that's a tactical thing with him. I mean, he's just behind players that have, that yeah. have done a better job than him. So I mean, we'll see what happens with Tito and the player movement throughout this season or throughout the off season. But. You know the, the the one thing like like we say, you, if you look a little deeper into this one, I think that you're really gonna you're really gonna see more of the same. I mean, more of the same. I mean, if you think about again, the like I said, the fullbacks that Frank DeBoer has gotten gone and signed, it's been attacking minded fullbacks. Want to get up the high, you know, get high and wide up the pitch. And Brooks Lennon is that guy. And like you said, he slides in as a right winger as well. And hopefully a sign of things to come. And I would just say, if I put kind of put a bow on this, I think it shows that the front office and Frank DeBoer are more on the same page than they were last year for obvious reasons. He was new yeah. coming in last season. But when you compare this to maybe the Breck Shea signing, which even though I know Breck Shea is a left-sided player, it's kind of a similar role where you got a guy that can play as an outside back, fullback, and play up as a winger. He didn't really fit. Maybe that wasn't the best signing, but now you see the same type of signing, but again, something that fits at Frank DeBoer's system a lot better, a younger player, a player that's going to cost less against the salary cap. So it kind of feels similar, where maybe last year Frank DeBoer was saying, okay, we need to go get attacking fullbacks, but he didn't know the league as well. You end yeah. up with Breck Shea. This year, you're you're able to kind of prepare for that system. You see it on the field for a whole offseason. You get a lot better, much younger, much cheaper fit in Brooks Lennon uh, this year. Granted, albeit on the right side of the pitch. $300,000 in allocation money, uh, 150 in ta- uh, target allocation money, and another 150 in, in general allocation money. I look at the 300 number, 300,000 number, and I'm just thinking, it's low, man. I wonder what Gressel's thinking. Well, that's the other part of this, and, and I think so some people are I reading. What, what right, Gressel's I mean, thinking at Atlanta United spending that I mean, kind of money I on think a, about what Gressel's thinking. on a guy that's not like the money they're paying Brooks Lennon. That is now on top of the three hundred thousand dollars they give Real Salt Lake. Now they're going to have to go sign Brooks Lennon. I don't know what that number is, but they got to go sign him. They got to spend that money. Well, they got to spend some kind of money. He's to locked spend. in, yeah, and he'll be locked in through this season as well, I believe. So I, I mean, it's. So, so the thing with the Gressel, it's funny that people are saying that maybe he's here as a replacement. I, I wonder. I could not disagree. You more. know, if you go and <laughs> sign a backup striker, replace Brandon Vasquez, does that mean yeah, Joseph Martinez? No, that's not what's happening. You know, this is a depth option here. Although I have, I would totally be open to him competing with Gressel for minutes. You know, mm-hmm. if Gressel is not in good form, or maybe he's needed centrally, or um, maybe you play both of them, one at right back, one at right wing. Uh, but, but, but it adds depth there, and it does. I mean, it, but it's. It adds competition where maybe if Gressel moves on, Lennon has a great season, you've got a 22-year-old that you can just re-sign, slide in, in their next season. So m- maybe you're looking to develop. It's a safety blanket in case you lose yeah. Julian Gressel. But it's not saying we it, want it, Julian Gressel to go by any means. And and again, this doesn't mean anything in the short term. It doesn't yeah. mean Gressel that he's going to start in front of Gressel. All it means is that you've got a little more depth there, which you needed anyway. And maybe you have another option if you lose Julian Gressel in the next offseason, which I think is everyone knows is a possibility. I think they still go out and sign maybe one more person. I, one, I, w- one more, I agree. And, and, and nothing to the level of, of uh, what, a, what a Brooks Lennon would be or what, it, what we hope he becomes, but someone just it, more of a body. 
yeah, to, to kind of fill. And I would, one of the, because you, right now you got Bello, you've got Bello, assuming he's healthy and ready to go back with the yeah, well, you're starting good. eleven. So that's a big if right now. I think you'd think that by next year he's good to go. Um, Bello, Miles Robinson, LGP, Escobar, and now Brooks Lennon. That's you're, five. You're gonna ha- and to me, you're gonna have to sign. I mean, I'm all for going into the season with three left backs and three right backs, yeah. or at least having someone that could play both, kind of like Pogba could last year. Um, so I, I, you're going to have to sign another left back. I mean, that's going to be a big one. And it'll right. be interesting to see what type of signing it is. Is it, is it someone that maybe you get the feeling they're coming in to back up a George Bell, or is it someone maybe coming to start because yeah. he's not quite ready? And then even on the right, I mean, two of your options there in Gressel and Lennon are very attacking right backs. So I think there might be times where you want a more traditional uh, fullback. Maybe you sign one of those as well. We'll see. We'll see. I, I do look at that three hundred thousand dollar number, and I'm like, all right. Well, there goes some of the the Nagby money. We just we just that's acquired. some of the Nagby money. Yep. So, but uh, yeah. But again, I like I said, I think it's a good piece of business, and I think you're looking at a team that's going to go already kind of knows their identity. I, I feel really good about where Atlanta United are. I, I think they have an understanding of what they want to do. You're you're almost certainly. I mean, it looks like PT is going to come back here. We're going to return your core. Um, and I and I think you'll see a, a better fluidity, familiar, familiarity on the field this year when the season starts. And I think the fact that you've already gone out and done good business like this early in the offseason is indicative of that. Someone being rumored with other clubs at the moment, Ezekiel Barco with Atlanta United. Um, As he should be. He should be. But I'm, you you kind of share with uh, I love his I mean I you, I'm you an love unabashed Barco. Barco Homer. I think I think he's going to be a success on a top 6 club in Europe. But I while really so, while some believe that maybe they should, he should be he should be sold for essentially what you got him for. You yeah. think he's worth much much more. I think he's worth I mean I think when you consider that Miguel Almiron went for close to 30 million dollars um and you've got a player in Barco who's in my opinion, is a more refined player already. Certainly, he hasn't had the uh, success yet as a professional that Almiron's had, but he's much younger. You know, he was one of the best players at the U20 World Cup amongst his peers last summer. He's, I mean, when he was on the field last year, and he was very unlucky to miss time with the injury, he was a dominant player, I thought. Um, and I, there, I mean, when you see the type of clubs that are sniffing around, I mean, we're not with Miguel Almiron, who again went for 30 million. He was linked with Newcastle throughout. We're talking about, I mean, if you go all the way back with him, I mean, this time you had the big link was with Sporting Lisbon, but Manchester United were mentioned, Arsenal were mentioned, Atletico Madrid were mentioned, Napoli were linked with him a few months ago. So we're talking about a player that is it, it is seen as a very, very hot commodity right now. Not like Miguel Amiron, who was a player where you want to go find him and maybe he fits into your team right away. So like a Newcastle would go get him, not but not big, big club. Barco's a player, I mean, I really think he has, it can be a star. And that's why you're getting these types of clubs sniffing around. And that's why I would not sell him for 15, 20 million right now because I think you're going to get another year out of him. You assume that he's going to dominate the league again. He's going to have the Olympics where, you know, you assume he would do great, just like he did the U20 World Cup. I think he could be worth, particularly if the English clubs get involved, $35, $40 million a year from now. And I know that's a hot take, but I really think he's that good. And there's no reason to believe that his value can't keep increasing. And again, you're talking about clubs that are linked with him yeah. that are going to spend a lot of money if you can get them interested. Newcastle saw uh, Miguel Amidon kind of as a, as, a, as a necessity, but also a bit of a commodity, where they could have... 
they could have, I think, survived or tread water with getting someone else. Well, they, they, they knew they needed someone they were like looking him, for and they also were like, you know what? Specific type of player to put into their system. It's like when you go buy a nice SUV. You need it because you need the more the more of the, the leg room, the luggage space, the the seats, maybe for the kids. But at the same time, you could have gotten by right. with your and Honda you are, Civic and if, you, right. if you really, really exactly. needed Exactly. And, well, and, and you, because you know what your Honda Civic is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, 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 and Miguel Miron, and we don't want to sound like we're criticizing him, but you already knew what he was. Mm. You know, he and, and Ezekiel Barco, I mean, when you think about how much he's already improved since he's gotten to Atlanta United, I mean, there aren't many red flags there. I mean, uh, his numbers have been good. He, he can play multiple positions. His work rate is phenomenal. I mean, it, it, we don't talk enough about how hard he works. You know, so I just think he's a very valuable player. And I think, again, it would be silly to, unless, and this is something we might talk about, unless he demands a move, says he wants to leave, yeah. I think it would be silly to sell him for a little a little more than what you bought him for when you can make, to me, just so, so much money, especially if big Buku clubs... Bucks. Buku bucks. Especially if big clubs are interested, in particular English clubs, because we all know they have money to spend. That's why... Newcastle spent thirty million on Miguel Miron. He told Fox Sports Argent Fox Sports Radio in Argentina that uh, he'd like to go to the Premier League if he had the chance. Um, to hard league, that's what Almiron told him. Which, who didn't know that already? Yeah. Um, I I think that the big the big thing. Uh, so he didn't mention offers. He, he said they managed were, by his agent. Yeah. And he played nothing, that interview. He, substantial. he kept it. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was no PT Martinez uh, radio interview. Yeah, he there. knows no people, bombshells. He knows people are interested, but I don't think anything substantial has kind of uh, caught their attention at the moment. I'm sure that some teams are looking to get him as cheaply as possible. So maybe they're reaching out to him now and hoping that he has Absolutely. a great season coming up. I think the one thing that's kind of hold well that kind of is is a downside for for picking up Barco or trying to elevate his his value. Is that he still has yet to in the two years he's been with Lane United he still has yet to play a full season. Yeah, he's, I think he's, that's he's, the he's one been, thing left with him. He's been injured a substantial amount of time, specifically during the middle parts of the season. If I can't, if I if I'm remembering correctly, um, and to be fair, he's there's like blocks of of of, of season where he just doesn't play two for of whatever the, reason. Two of the big blocks he's missed were not fitness related. You know, he he has romantic overture gate, of course, yep. uh, that we'll never forget. And then uh, this year he missed time with the U20 World Cup. So which that's he had, understandable. So it's that's not, not so it's so it is, yeah. He you're right though. He he, he had the because uh, that'll happen. Even hamstring a- issue last. Or, or I guess now two seasons ago, and then last year he had the knee issue. Later, and it's a big ask, especially if he wants to go to England, right? Because the re, you know, a player like Barco, you don't want to have the reputation you can get kicked out of games, and then that's what will happen in England. That's definitely what happens in MLS. So, you know, I mean, that knee injury that he sustained through the mid part of the season was from uh, the U.S. Open Cup match against Columbus, where a guy just clattered him, right. you know, into his knee. I think off the ball or something ridiculous like that. So, that's the one thing with him is he's going to have to show that he can hold up, particularly in, in, in a very physical league, because the way he plays, holding onto the ball for he's going to get a little hit. longer period than other guys. Yeah, he's going to get hit. He's going to get hit. So, um, it, it's it's uh, it'd be fun to to see these rumors kind of escalate a little bit. Uh, but again, I think the one thing holding him back right now and it could change this year if he has one good year with Atlanta United it could be the same sort of deal that we saw with uh, Miguel Almiron where people start calling him in the summer then Atlanta United's got to decide whether you know they want to part ways with him now or wait until after the season um, and I think the one thing that I think that if 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 uh, pity if Barco can really look to I don't know how you really improve on just being healthy but if you can look to just being better this year at something that you weren't really good at the last two years was staying healthy throughout the course of the entire year. Yeah. Uh, contributing like you have been. I, I'm not saying 
they specifically need numbers, although those are going to help. But contributing the way that that we know he can con- contribute, especially this last year, I think if he continues to kind of just elevate his game like he's been doing so far in the last two years. Uh, remember, we were talking, who is Barco? Why 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 did we sign him? Now this past year, we're much happier yeah. with Barco. Let's hope that that continues in year three, and, and hopefully we're talking about hopefully we're talking about your scenario. Playing out where he's going for. I believe it. I, mean, I really as much, if not more, than uh, what Adam went and, for. And, and it's kind of a weird thing because I mean, for him to go for the amount of money that that I'm talking about, you have to get a top six club involved in one of the in one of the big European leagues, or basically anyone in England. Because he's not a guy that's going to get sold or going to get bought and then going to play immediately. If it's one of the big, probably the big not. I mean, yeah, pro- probably not. Yeah, he's someone. He's he's a long term. I mean, project. I could see him going to like uh, Manchester United maybe and get. But no, yeah, I mean, and he's one maybe even maybe if, even if we're gets loaned back for the rest if, of the yeah, season. Yeah, if we're talking about the big teams in Europe, if he goes to like a mid 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 tier team, then we're well. There's two tiers, right? I mean, I don't see him going to a Barca or Real. Or, but I again, these are the t- you see the you know the, these Napoli's, these Arsenal's, these right. type of. Top six clubs are trying to break through, sniffing around. I think that's more of what you're looking at uh, than one of these. Su- although you never know, but, but then one of the super clubs coming in for him. But it, he's going to have to stay healthy. I mean, like you said, and, and we'll talk about this a lot with him as the season nears because I think he was easily our most influential player last season. Atlanta United were a much better team, right. particularly in Frank De Boer's system with Ezekiel Barco on the pitch. So, sell. I mean, I I, I think. It's selling him would not be wise unless you're already getting a lot of money. I did think it was very interesting that he specifically brought up England because um, he didn't have to do that, you know. Yeah. And you wonder why he offers that information. I mean, um, it, obviously you'd think that he knows there's interest from clubs in England. And if you hear England and you're at Land United, I mean that's you know money money signs going off yeah. in your head if he's if he's going there. So you know I don't know if he's trying to push a move there. Maybe his agent wants him to move there because then he can make more money as well. But I thought it was very interesting that 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 was the that was the league that that he brought up when we assumed probably especially about this time a year ago that the best fit for him would be like in Italy or, or La Liga or something like that. And and now he wants to play in England and I I think he's good enough. But I thought it was really interesting that he brought that up specifically in that interview. He can certainly help help himself uh, in in year three with Atlanta United by really dominating throughout the course of the entire season. I think that's again the one thing that's missing out of his game or out of his resume, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, again, hopefully we're talking about uh, your your scenario playing out and going for going for yes, more. Yes, I mean it, it's a hot take. I'm not saying it's oh, not a hot take. I mean I'm really I I usually don't do this. I usually don't don't. This is hey, usually look, this you. Is, this would be this would be great for Atlanta United as well. Yeah, I don't know that we'll it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Almiron numbers, but I, I think everyone recognizes the potential. Um, it's whether he can kind of put it all together in year three to kind of prove that he can kind of t- look. Almiron took over the league. Yeah, no question. When he before he got transferred, Barco's kind of have to. Again, everyone recognizes the potential. Everyone recognizes what he could be, but it's it's putting all together on the field uh, consistently, much like Miguel Almiron did. Yeah. Um, to eventually then get sold for the big money. And my theory is that the only thing left for him to do is play week in, week out. And yeah. if he does that, he's he's already where he needs to be. I don't know how much uh, credit uh, the Premier League or teams in England or in Europe in general look at this, but he has been named uh, to the uh, best players under the age of 22 in MLS for the second straight year. He jumped from number six to number two. Who's number one? I don't know. Let's look it up. That's a good question. I'm trying to figure out... 
who it could be now that I think about it. Under 22 would be better than someone who was just linked with uh, clubs that no one from your league has ever. Oh, okay. That's fair. Oh, Diego Rossi? Diego Rossi. I always, you know, it's funny. He's one of those guys. I always just think he's like 24, 25 yeah. years old. He's 21. All right. I'll, I'll accept. I'll begrudgingly accept I feel, accept like, I feel like to make those lists, you got to be an MLS for like a full calendar year. I know that. Uh, like, it's not like you can get transferred. He's like, oh, automatically best. I guess, I mean, technically he would be one of the better players yeah. in, in, in no, Diego Rossi under 22. Is, is no, he's fine. He's fantastic. I've I'm not seen, saying. It's funny because I, 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 when, when I particularly like some of the MLS uh, digital people talk about young players, they really, really don't seem to grasp what Ezekiel Barco is and how, yeah. how good he is. Um, but I was, yeah, I guess this is fair. Yeah, number two, Diego Rossi. Num- number three, Paxson Pomacall, one we like a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's... This is fair. This is a fair list, and <laughs> I just uh, you're you're okay with it. You approve. I'm interested to address this list in four or five years. I'm very interested to address some of the lists that came out about a year ago that had him ranked much like, higher between ten and fifteen. Yeah. I saw Barco. I mean, it was just unbelievable the uh, the disrespect for him over the last year or so. But I mean, I, I you look that okay. So Rossi is a better player today. I'll take that. Uh, but which uh, so one of is them it, is, is valued it, higher, and and really isn't that what this should be? I mean, is this best? Like, who is best right now under twenty two, or is it who are your best prospects? Who chart the best overall? So I I would I would say it's the former, because if you look at Diego Rossi and what he contributes to LAFC, it's it's clear that his uh, his output is much higher than what Barco gives you yeah, in terms no of numbers about it, um, and, and that. Diego Rossi was a force basically all season. Uh, Barco, for two, I mean for two seasons, yeah, he's been Barco. Know, fantastic. Barco has been fantastic for Atlanta United, but it, the numbers aren't necessarily there to match what Diego Rossi has done. He, Barco has had flashes of moments, and this is what I think is is kind of ultimately missing from him. And I think it goes back to to what you're saying: playing a complete season, putting together the numbers that kind of prove that you're worth the, whatever the price tag is going to be. Diego Rossi is that player that's. If he's looking to make the transition to Europe, you could already say he's he's putting up those numbers. He's putting together a resume for uh, for the European clubs to look at and be like, all right, this is really impressive. I think that if these teams are going after a guy like Barco, it's one because he's as young as he is, and because everyone recognizes the potential. Yeah, Diego Rossi. It's not so much about the potential; it's about what he can do for you. All right, now. right this list is fair. <laughs> I love I love getting on MLS lists, but uh, this one is okay. Well, get on MLS about this one because this has got a little confusing to some folks. Nashville SC, oh yes, is going to be moving <laughs> is going to be playing in the Western Conference. This is classic MLS. Everything about this is just classic MLS. Uh, with the inclusion of a Nashville SC in Miami or Inter Miami, uh, Inter Miami will being that they're in Florida and there's really no no way you can possibly put them in the Western Conference. They'll be in the East, Nashville, slightly more West than uh, than, what is uh, than going Miami. On? Whole thing is <laughs> than just... Miami is going to be playing in the Western Conference, which tough for Atlanta United. I know that the the front offices are a little friendly. The fan bases are pretty friendly. You're probably you might see them once a year if you're lucky, maybe twice. Yeah, at least in this next year, um, I would bank on just the once. Well, yeah, you're at going there, now. right? On uh, I think we play th- some. That's of the already been announced. Twice, I think right? that you're, that Atlanta's going to Nashville, right? Or, but yeah. it, they might play them twice. Well, right, the thing is, you won't play. You won't play everybody. So they definitely wouldn't. Yeah, play twice. so I feel like we played some of the Western so Conference the, teams twice in years. 
Always. So okay, it was. So, you, so at least before the schedule was unbalanced, but you were playing everyone in the West once and alternating basically years home and away. I could have sworn we played Seattle home and away or LAFC or LA home and away. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, mm-hmm. you're. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. But Point remains. You're probably anyway. not going to see Nashville twice. Some weird season where it happened. But I know a lot of a lot of people wanted that rivalry to kind of build. I think it'll still be there. I think again, the, it'll be much of a friendly rivalry. I kind of got into this with Sam yesterday. He, he's under the impression that eventually this will be a, a heated rivalry, much in the same vein as Orlando City and 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 the Red Bulls. And I'm like, I I can't unless something specifically happens on the field between players. That just enrages every fan that's in attendance and watching on yeah. TV. I don't see that happening. I remember when the fan bases are too friendly. The the yeah. front offices are 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 incredibly friendly with each other. It's almost like the same relationship uh, Atlanta United had yeah. with Charleston Battery. And, and the cities love each other. I yeah. love going to Nashville. Orlando's trash. You know, I mean that. So they they have a little inferiority thing. with Orlando us. has just straight up disdain for Atlanta United fans. Which is fine. Well, one thing I found in Orlando was that the people just don't like Atlanta in Orlando. <laughs> like they have really, they, they're like, no, I'm not going up there. It's like that's the Red strange. Bulls. Ri- the Red Bulls rivalry has grown organically. That was kind of a surprise to I think most people. I, I don't know that Red Bulls would consider us a a the major rival. I don't know that we wouldn't really consider them the major rival. They don't like don't, us though. Sure, and it's evident on the field when every time they play each other. The same sort of deal with uh, with Orlando City. I don't see that happening with Nashville. Yeah, more more don't. friendly. Yeah, it's too. It's too. You're still nice. gonna want to beat them. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There's gonna be a little bit of trash talk, but it's gonna be much friendlier than what you see. With and Atlanta if it City. does, it'll be something that 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 happens organically over yeah. time. Maybe some heated matchups on on the field. We'll see what happens. I I do think so. You, Nashville goes. But I think the big part about this is that you're looking this year where, like I said in the past, um, the schedule was imbalanced, but at least you were playing everybody in the other conference and it alternated from season to season, home and away. Now MLS claims that they're going to randomly select the opponents east and west, yeah. and you're not going to play everyone from the Western Conference. I think it's like four teams that you wouldn't play. The issue here is I don't believe for a second that MLS is going to randomly select your opponents from the opposition conference because they don't want to miss out on on big television matchups. They don't want to miss out on Atlanta United, LAFC, uh, or uh, Seattle-Toronto, you know, an MLS Cup rematch. So I think you might see a situation where a team like an Atlanta schedule tilts a little harder with their non-conference matches because the league wants to put them in those marquee matchups, and maybe they end up playing basically two or three more difficult matches than some of their other competitors. You know, say like... For instance, uh, Mont- uh, Montreal. You know they're not a they're not a big market team. I mean MLS is not really thinking. I must schedule you against this team uh, when you play Western Conference sides, except maybe Vancouver because that's an All Canada matchup. Right. So Montreal's have a, a big advantage in that situation because I don't believe for a second that the matchups are going to be completely random. So I mean we talk about it being this being very MLS. I think this is almost peak. Peak very MLS because you're looking at not just an imbalance of schedule, but just not playing some teams all together. I am looking at the I mean I'm looking at the Western Conference and thinking all right you throw Nashville in here they're gonna have to go to LA they're gonna have to go to Seattle they're gonna have to go to uh, uh, Real Salt Lake they're gonna have to go to Minnesota LA Portland uh, San Jose Colorado those are long relatively long fr- yeah. flights and the time change is gonna mess with them that's a tough tough ass to play. It's tough. every one of these Western conference. Yeah. Plus, you throw Vancouver in there. Um, you know, at least look for for FC Cincinnati. I know that their season was absolutely terrible last year, but at least their travel wasn't this going to be this no, crazy. This this is wild. At least everything's still on the East Coast. At least everything's still relatively in the same time zone. 
um, Nashville's going to have a tricky, a tricky time trying to trying to balance this, not just their schedule, uh, but trying to balance the the flights, uh, the amount of rest these players get before and after these flights, uh, practice times, all that stuff. That's going to be real tricky for Nashville. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a. I, look, it's going to be fantastic. Cause it's year one, but. I'm sure they will be praying for the day that they get back to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and that will happen eventually once this this whole expansion thing sorts itself out. But for now, I, I mean, I sense a tough season for Nashville as well. And I mean, aside from the fact you're an expansion team, you're not exactly, and they seem to be doing things more of the progressive year to year route as opposed to yeah. the Atlanta United um, Inter Miami type of route, which is fine. Uh, but when you compound that with the fact you're going to be traveling all over the place. In the Western Conference, I think, uh, could could be a tough season for them. That it is. All right, uh, anything else we have to cover before we take off? No, man, that's just, uh, hopefully, I mean, it's, it's, I'm so bored. I'm so bored right now. <laughs> You're we, ready for games to start again, we, aren't and you? We usually just, oh, you know what? Are you going to get a, a kick-ass roll? Yes, I've heard all about this, <laughs> yes. Who 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 discovered these? For, I, I, one of the Dirty I think, South soccer guys. I think guys. it's Sam Jones. I believe it's Sam Jones that discovered those the, guys uh, have no casserole life. dish. No life, I tell no you. No kidding. Well, yeah, go on and pl- plug that thing because it's really cool. It's a let's see. It's it's a casserole dish someone made and they're selling and it just says kick casserole and you've got the uh, it's got a Lane United uh, yeah. badge on it crest on it yeah. Um, I think they're I think uh, Sam Sam Jones is doing a a a, a fundraiser for the Fugees. Uh, I think right now their goal is one thousand seven hundred and seventeen dollars, seventeen seventeen, and it looks like they're over two thousand at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, let me it. see, they are twenty three hundred fifty two dollars. Their new goal is thirty five hundred dollars. So oh, so they just upped the goal. <laughs> wow, that is scandalous. So they got to the goal quicker than expected, and they just oh, bumped yeah, up the oh wow. Sure. Some of that's getting pocketed. Um, let me see. Yeah, if you want to know how to get involved, GoFundMe. Uh, just look for DSS Holiday Drive for the Fugees, um, yeah, or there's a link on the dirty, website as dirty well. Dirty South Soccer, and just click on any yeah. one of Sam uh, Sam Jones's Sam Jones's yeah. pieces, and I'm sure super it's cool. And Fugees, a really really wonderful uh, local organization that basically assists with the uh, assimilation of of, of refugees uh, through through soccer uh, into society. So really really cool uh, program to donate to. While we're crapping on or- Orlando, at least when we were a minute ago. Sure, let's get back to that. Uh, congrats to Orlando for hiring a coach. Oh yeah, Oscar Pereja. Oscar Pereja. Now they just need good players. They got to find the players. I th- I really like him. I think he's you a know good what? coach. It, it, it's a coach that I looking at the fan base. They're like, finally, you see a lot of the Titanic. It's been eighty four years. Uh, tweets or memes <laughs> going out uh, or gifts going out. What a you see, fan uh, base. You see, uh, you know, finally we can bring the MLS Cup to, to yeah, Orlando, sure. all that stuff. The thing with Perea is, Perea is, is I, I expect that he he's a project guy. You know, he wants to, you know, in Dallas, he, he had a system of play. You know, they worked, through, you know, with the young players, came up through the academy. They were, they, it's going to take time to implement that in Orlando. So they're, they're going to have to be... Uh, they're gonna have to show more patience with him than certainly they did with yeah. with O'Connor or Christ. I think knowing that he's a a guy that the fan base are behind is going to allow him that yeah. much more of that time. Uh, but still, I I wouldn't expect them to go from. I, I mean, it's MLS. Who knows what happens? But I yeah. can't expect them to go from worst to first in in, yeah. in one year in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Orlando City still have never made the playoffs. Big shout out to John Gallagher, scoring for Aberdeen. Yeah. Hopefully he can and, at some point transition to Atlanta United and do it for Atlanta United. 
Uh, did you right. see the goal? We just uh, we just signed Brooks Lennon, so he has no place. <laughs> I was gonna think. I was like, he's on the right side. He's playing right winger. I'm like, ah, where is he gonna fit? He's gonna be depth to the depth. He's just on loan. Maybe he'll stay over there. Who knows? But I think yeah, the best that, thing for him that was great. A great, great for him to get a goal. And 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 I think that's. I know you guys. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys had been talked about this before. The relationship, the new relationship with Aber, uh, with the uh, yeah. with Aberdeen overseas. I think is. I don't think I think it's not a huge deal, but it's nice. I think in particular you can send a player like that on loan and, and yeah. keep him sharp. I think that's mainly what it'll be used for. They 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 kind of dress it up by saying that they're going to share best practices, you know, one club to the other. I think Aberdeen's in the process of building a new stadium, and uh, I'm sure they're going to want a a, a a front office like Atlanta United. They're going to want their thoughts and opinions and what kind of stuff to add, marketing to fans, stuff like that. Um, I think Atlanta United. I think it's more that than anything else. The the ability to be able to send players specifically to um, to a club that that a professional club, yeah. put it that way. Charleston Battery, no offense, to Charleston Battery, but it's different. It's a different. It's a different sensation, different kind of feel going from Atlanta United to Charleston Battery than Atlanta United to Aberdeen, which yes. is going to be a club that is is uh, it's going to be as professional as it can. Well, just the setup of the league, be. exactly. And, and there, I mean, there aren't many. I mean, USL is a unique league in that sense, in that. There are there are a lot of times where it probably doesn't feel like professional. Right. That's not the case when you when you go play at yeah. top flight in Scotland. Even though I think there are USL teams that could certainly for compete, sure. compete in that yeah, league. Yeah. For sure, yeah, it's not it's not a great league. <laughs> but no, but it, like you said, the, the environment, yeah, the you'll pressure, get that professional it helps environment, you develop yeah. more as a professional than maybe you would with Atlanta United too or something like that. All right, where can they find you on social media? You my can friend? find me at Josh B nine one four. You can find me at Eric G Quintana. You can find the podcast at MOTS Podcast. Uh, don- donate to the podcast if you're able. Uh, Patreon.com slash MOTS Podcast. And um, make sure you're t- tuning into the radio show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. on the SportsX, Atlanta SportsX, 106.3 FM, 103.7 FM, always streaming online, the Atlanta SportsX app. All right, that's it. Until next time, see you later, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs>